there are times in our lives that stand out as significant, aren't there? I think about the young couple in our church that are getting married next weekend. For many of you, you're going to get up next Saturday and, and you know, you're going to sleep late or, or you're going to mow the yard or, or you're going to take your kids to baseball games. It's just going to be a normal day for you. But for them, it's going to be one of the most special days of their lives. So special, in fact, that they will celebrate that day for the rest of their lives. I think about those who will be graduating over the next few weeks. For the last 12 years, they've just been getting up every morning on a school day, you know, turning the alarm clock off, getting up and getting ready, rushing off to school, going to class, coming home, doing their homework, doing sports, getting up, going, and just year after year for 12 years, and then all of a sudden they wake up and, well, this is it. This it's over. I mean, I'm not going back to class next fall. I, I got to grow up. I got to do something else. I'm beginning a new stage of life. That day's a little bit different than all those that, that preceded it. You know, it's kind of like that in our relationship with God. Though every day is a gift and should not be wasted, there are times, there are special times that stand out as significant. And that's what we want to talk about together tonight. I want to talk to you about spiritual markers. And we're studying Joshua chapter 4. Now, <clears throat> as we come to Joshua 4, I don't know if we can quite comprehend the significance of what is happening in these people's lives. And I want you to think about it for just a moment. The children of Israel have just crossed the Jordan River. Okay, for you it's like, yeah, yeah, I know, Pastor Rod, we talked about it last week. I know they're crossing the Jordan River and God did an amazing thing. But no, you need to understand, in doing that, in being a part of that, they are participating in the fulfillment of promises that had been given some six or seven hundred years previous. For hundreds of years, for generations, their people had anticipated God doing this. That God had promised to bless His people that He was going to bring them out of slavery, out of Egypt, and He was going to give them victory over the challenges of life, going to bring them into the promised land, so that as He worked through them, that all the peoples of the world would see Him as a great God who loves His people. And crossing the Jordan River was the indicator of them stepping out of that old life and stepping into that victorious, overcoming life that God had for them. In fact, this event was so significant that God called them to mark it in a special, unique way. God called them to lay down some spiritual markers. And that's what we're going to look at in, uh, in Joshua chapter 4. And I want to start out in verses 1 through 7. First of all, let's understand, what are we talking about? When we say spiritual markers, what are we talking about, Pastor Robbie? Well, let's look at that, starting in verse 1. It says, Now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What did these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. 
so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Now, as I said, this passage in Joshua chapter 4, what we're seeing happening here is one of the most significant events, what happened in in chapter 3, crossing the Jordan River, one of the most significant events in all of Israel's history. But really, to be honest with you, it's one of the most significant events in all of human history. You see, the Red Sea, when they crossed the Red Sea previously, that symbolizes that God wants to lead us out of bondage. That's good news, isn't it? God leads us out of slavery. But you know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, that God didn't just lead us out of bad things. He wants to lead us into the good things that He has for us. And that's what the, that's what the Jordan River symbolized. God led them across the, the Red Sea, showing that He was bringing them out of bondage, but the Jordan River symbolized that He was leading them into victorious living. And the key to understanding the spiritual markers is in verse 7. It says, so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. God said as they experienced what he was doing in leading them across in this great miracle, that they were to set up some stones. And he said that the purpose was that they would become a memorial. Now, unfortunately, many times when we think of a memorial, what do we usually think of? We think of death, right? We think of somebody passed away and we're going to have a memorial service or at the very least we think of old things we think of things that are kind of far removed from where i am for from from where i live we think of things that are way back in history but i don't think that's exactly what memorial is supposed to mean and i certainly know it's not what god intended for it to mean god did not intend for it to mean something that happened in the past but has nothing to do with my life that's not what memorial is supposed to mean so maybe Because in our English language, that's the way we see memorial sometimes. Maybe it would be better to translate it with an alternate translation. It can actually be translated, So these stones shall become a reminder to the sons of Israel forever. So let's get it. Let's understand what God's saying. While they were crossing the Jordan River, God told them, This is unique. This is special. This is not something that happens every day, amen? People have looked forward to this event for hundreds of years and you are getting to be a part of it and I want you to mark it in a special way with these stones. And by the way, this is not not an odd thing in the Old Testament. If you look across the Old Testament, you'll see that it was very common for God's people. When God would do something significant, many times they would take stones or they would build an altar. And if you go throughout the Old Testament, let me give you a couple of passages. Genesis 28 Verses 18 through 22, you see someone doing that there. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 is another. There's many examples in the Old Testament. When God would work in someone's life, now don't miss this. When God would work in someone's life, that person would say, I met God here. God did something in my life right here. And in fact, many times when they would build that altar, they would take those stones and they would make a kind of a heap out of stones. They would build that altar. They would name that place. And that place was named after some aspect of their experience with God in that place. So if I could give you a definition of spiritual markers, and you've got a thing there on your worship guide. If you'll flip over on the back of your sermon notes, you've got something to fill in there. If we could could give a definition of what is a spiritual marker, maybe we would say this. There are times in my life when God has done something significant to speak to me or to give me His direction for my life. 
Let me say that again while you write that down. There are times in my life, spiritual markers are times in my life when God has done something significant to speak to me or to give me His direction for my life. Okay, so that's what they are. Let's talk about why they're important. Now, I read through verse uh, 7 uh, just a moment ago, but if you look in uh, verses 8 through 18 of, uh, of Joshua chapter 4, you'll see some more of the details of them crossing over, including the fact, this is interesting, in fact, I don't even know if I ever remember this, okay? It's kind of funny how you read the Bible and you just kind of read over things. I just thought there was one pile of stones, but I went back and read the story. Actually, if you read the story... There was actually two piles of stones. I don't know if anybody's ever read that before, but Joshua said, okay, while the priests are there, while the river's opened up, uh, one of each of the leaders of the tribes, you take a stone, you take it across, and we're going to take that with us. But it actually says in verses 8, actually in verse 9, that Joshua took 12 stones and set them up in the middle of the river as well. Now, if you have the NIV... It's a little bit confusing. It translates it like they're the same set of stones, but that's really probably not the best translation. The context seems to favor that there was 12 stones that they took outside the river and there were 12 stones that they actually put inside the river. But in verses 19 through 24, we start to see why was it that God told them to do this? Okay, we see the mechanics of it in those verses, but in verse 19 it says this. It says, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th of the first month, and camped at Gilgal on the eastern edge of Jericho. Those twelve stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. He said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Amen? Amen. So that you may fear the Lord your God forever. He gives us four basic reasons why God was doing this in their lives. And the first one was for their children. Can't you imagine the kids later? Can't you imagine this big? Now, I, I don't know how big these stones were, but it said put it up on your shoulder, right? Did you, did you hear that? It said put it up on your shoulder. So these were probably 12 big stones, 12 big rocks. I don't know for sure, but certainly it was something that God said, I want you to see this, I want you to recognize this, and people are going to notice it. Can't you imagine the little kids walking by and say, Mom, Dad, what's going on with those stones? Can't you just hear that, that dad and that mom say, Son, let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you, you see that Jordan River? Hey, it was flood stage. It was during the spring. The Jordan was, it wasn't just down to, what do we say last week? Uh, the Jordan River normal is about 100 feet. But during this flood stage, it could be as wide as a mile wide. All right? It, listen, son, it wasn't when the Jordan River was just down to 100 feet, which that would have been quite a feat, wouldn't it? But no, when it was during flood stage, let me tell you what God did. God held back the waters, and we walked across that bad boy on dry ground. I didn't even get water between my toes. That's what God did. You know, I think it's so cool that some of these little kids are seeing some of these things that God's doing in our church family right now. Don't you? I just love it that these kids are experiencing. You know what? God is real. God is at work in this world. God answers prayer. God does things. God provides things for us. God changes people's lives. God's changing my mom. God's changing my dad. God's doing something in our church family. Aren't you glad these little kids are experiencing these markers that we are laying down right now in our church family? 
And you know what I believe, parents? That God wanted those parents to connect the dots for those kids. Listen, not just to say, yeah, God did something back there. Listen, as many times we stop right there. And that's very dangerous because God never intended to do something in the past so we would rest in the future, okay? God said, listen, I want you to look back. I want you to see what I did. Therefore, if I worked so mightily back then, young person, then we can trust our God to work today as well. Amen? That's why he set them down so those little kids would learn that God had worked in the past. And you know what? If he worked in my mom and my dad's lives and they got to see God, then maybe God could work in my life too. By the way, parents, there's a great book that I found called, uh, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, <laughs> Setting Up Stones, I believe is what it's called. But we're going to have that online for you this week, okay? A resource that you can look at on how to do this with your family. But somebody made this point. The emphasis on remembering has always been an important part of the Christian faith. The children must be taught what the Lord has done for us and what His plan is for our lives. Church family, that is why from the beginning and continually and increasingly, children and young people and ministries for them and to them and through them are going to be critical to this church family. We want to support the parents in their role of teaching and guiding their kids to the Lord. Amen? And young people, listen. You might be here tonight. You say, history is not my favorite subject, okay? But somebody said this, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat its mistakes. We live in a part of the country where kids need to learn history. We, need to, we don't need to get rid of history. We need to learn more of it because it teaches us lessons about things that were done well and things that we need to learn from. And it's not just so we can learn the history of the United States. I think of history as His story. Amen? It's history. It's His story. We get to see the hand of God at work. Yes, even in the making of this nation. Spiritual markers are for our children. Parents, you need to make sure... Listen, are you doing that? Have you ever thought about that? You need to make sure that you're marking some things down. You're identifying some things as special. God did something. We prayed and He answered that prayer. Or, 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 or we were trusting Him for something and He came through. You need to continue to remind your kids to retell those stories of how God has been faithful in your family and in our church family. But also, markers are important for other people who are watching Look at verse 24. There's a watching world around us. The Lord said, listen, I want all the peoples of the world to know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Do you hear the heart of our God? From the very beginning, God has had a heart for what? For the world, for all the peoples of the world. His heart was to work in the Jewish people so that they would be his special people and the rest of the world would look at them and say, wow, you guys have the the one true God. He's He's the one we want to follow. How can we follow Him? And I want to share with you tonight, church family, this is one of the secrets of a close walk with the Lord. Are you listening? You need somebody to be depending upon you spiritually. Did you hear that? One of the secrets of a close walk with the Lord is that you need someone else who's depending upon you spiritually. Say, Pastor Robbie, what do you mean? i got to be honest with you, and this ain't going to impress you guys, but I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? There are some days that I don't want to do the right thing. There are some days that I, if it was just up to me, do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you don't mind if you hurt, right? Sometimes I just want to do it. I just want to do the wrong thing. I'm I'm tired of doing the right thing. I just want to do the wrong thing. I, I don't care if it hurts me. Anybody ever feel like that? But then you know what I think of? I think of all of you. 
And I think of my kids. And I think of my wife. And I think of other people, my neighbors and my community that's watching. What if I made that choice? What kind of impact would that make? And I'm not talking about because I'm a pastor. Certainly that gives me more visibility as a follower of Jesus. But I'm just talking about being a follower, a representative, a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ. People are learning about God through me, aren't they? And guess what? They are learning about God through you as well. And I need to take that seriously. All of us should. Sometimes you might say, you know, I don't want to live a powerful life. I don't want to live a victorious life. By the way, if you continually have that attitude, you might need to check your salvation. You might need to check if you really know the Lord, if you really have that attitude. But all of us struggle as believers, don't we? All of us have bad days. All of us have times that we're tempted to go through a time of, of at the very least, being comfortable and kind of holding out and kind of staying at at where we're at and, and getting complacent. But when you do, will you please think of this? Even if I don't feel like God working in me and through me, there are so many people who need to know Him. And how are they going to know if I don't live for Him? And let that motivate you to keep going for the Lord. We need to trust God to work in our lives. And we need to tell those stories. You need to go to work and be amazed at what God did in your life this weekend. You need to go to work and be amazed that God spoke to you in your time with Him and find ways to share that with people around you. Mark those things so that other people can say, wow, I want to follow that God too. But also he says it's for our own good. He says that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You know, much of our life is kind of normal, just daily living kind of stuff, isn't it? And if we're not careful, we can kind of be, begin to forget, forget about who God is and how great He is. The thing about spiritual markers is they give us points. They give us times in our lives when we can go back and remember, you know what, God, yes, there's, there's days, there's weeks, there's months where I'm just kind of getting up, I'm going to work, I'm trying to do the best I can, I'm trying to make the right decisions, I'm trying to keep the house from you know, going crazy, I'm just trying to keep the train on the tracks, yes, but you know what, I also need to remember periodically that God... God does some pretty cool things every once in a while in my life, amen? And He's a big God, and I need to trust Him for great things as I look to the future. But then also this passage even hints at even your enemies. If we look down in verse uh, chapter 1 of verse 5, or verse 1 of chapter 5, by the way, the original didn't have these chapter you know, divisions, so sometimes it doesn't uh, quite end at the end of a chapter, but basically it says this, there were enemies of God's people all around them, and when they heard and when they saw what God had done, then their hearts began to melt. Their hearts grew faint. They basically lost their gumption, okay? They wanted to attack the Israelites, and they figured out, you know what? We better leave these people alone because God's hand is on them. Did you know sometimes marking and recognizing what God has done serving is, is a way of serving notice to the enemy? And I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about our spiritual enemy. You know what? There's evidence. God is at work in my life. Amen? And I'm going to trust that God is going to take care of me. Somebody said these stones were witnesses to their kids, to themselves, to a watching world, and even to their enemies that God works mightily on behalf of those who trust Him. Amen? We talked about what are spiritual markers, why they're important, but let me just ask you tonight, what are your spiritual markers? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about critical points in your life where God has worked? There's an older hymn, Come Thou Fount, uh, that speaks of uh, raising an Ebenezer. 
Some of you, maybe if you grew up in church, you've heard that hymn. You've been singing that song your whole life. You don't even know what raising an Ebenezer is, okay? Ebenezer basically means a rock of help, okay? And it's one of those examples, just like I mentioned earlier. I mentioned earlier, 1 Samuel 7, chapter 12, where, where someone took a rock and said, I'm placing this rock here. I'm marking this. I'm remembering that in this place, God helped me here. Some of you tonight might think, I can go find me some rocks, you know. <laughs> I gotta go lay some markers. We know we don't have to physically pick up a rock and lay a marker. But I want to ask you tonight, do you have places in your life where you remember, where you've marked, maybe physically, they did. God God is a God of pictures and symbolism, isn't he? Sometimes he uses those things, as long as we don't worship the thing, right? Okay, that wasn't his intention, not to make idols out of them, not to make, not to make some uh, museum out of them. That's not what he meant, to worship the thing. But he, he used these pictures for them to physically, but, but, but more, more especially spiritually, mentally, to mark and to celebrate places where God has helped you and worked in your life. Let me give you some modern day examples for us, New Hope. September 27, 2009, our land dedication service. Were you there? It was awesome. Hey, you know what we did? We made some giants, and, and we mounted them on trees. And Mr. Todd back there, I, I think he had a ball doing this. He got this bulldozer, and he knocked down the giants. And it was so cool. I mean, I still go back to that day. When I have struggles in my life, I say, you know what? God is a God who can, who can knock down giants. Amen? What a, what a visual. That's a marker in my life. That's a marker in our church family's life. As we make this transition to a new facility, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be difficulty. There are going to be attacks from the enemy. And we just have to remember, you know what? God can knock down all of those enemies. Amen? What's the spiritual mark? What about July 10th, 2011? Do you remember, do you remember the promise box? Remember that? Remember how many of us filed by and we took promises, scrolls, where God's Word was written on those scrolls, and we took those scrolls, and we as individuals and families, we put them in that box, and did you know that box has been sealed up and it's buried in the foundation of our new facility? And that building has literally been built on the promises of God. And we're going to take, we wrote down, thank the Lord before the cement hardened, we wrote down all the verses that were in that box and we're going to find somewhere in the facility to display those verses. And we're going to say this building was built upon the promises of God on July 10th, 2011. And here are the verses that we claim. Can't you imagine the years to come? Somebody's going to be sitting there waiting on their kids to get out of children's ministry or, or getting ready to go in the service and they're going to look up and see those verses and they're going to look up that verse and God's going to work in their life because something He did in our lives back in 2011. Isn't that awesome? That's a spiritual marker for me and for us as a church family. I think about my own life. A few years ago, someone... Uh, cha- or actually, I was going through a study called Experiencing God. Some of you maybe heard of that. That's actually where I'm getting this term where I first heard the term spiritual marker. Great study. But as I was going through that study, someone challenged me to write down, what are the seven most significant events in your life? What are the turning points? Where, where are the game changers? Where are the places where your life went in a critical direction? I'll just give you mine, just for you to think about tonight. First of all, for me, is being born into my family. I mean, the family that I'm a part of, and, and my mom, and my dad, and my granddad, the spiritual influence that... I could give you specific things that each one of them made a huge impact on my life for the Lord. I went to vacation Bible school in 1985. 
I was just a 12-year-old boy about to go about to turn 13, and, and I heard the good news about Jesus, and, and they shared Christ, and I wasn't looking for that, and God spoke to me, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. That is a critical moment in my life. A few years after that, I met Shannon. Yeah, we're high school sweethearts. She was ninth grade. I was 10th grade. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> Meeting her and her family was a turning point in my life. I needed... To, to be influenced by their family and certainly us getting married. My parents divorce. That is a, that is a critical point in my life. The birth of my children. Uh, the calling to ministry. I can tell you when I was 17 years old, I was a senior in high school praying about what direction I need to go in my life and God began to knock on my door and say, Robbie, you know all your life I've been speaking to you about this thing. And I said, no, Lord, no. But you know what? I said, yes. That's a critical point in my life. Spiritual marker, the call to New York, without a doubt. My life has been radically transformed by God giving me the privilege of coming to be your pastor. I want to ask you tonight, what are some of those for you? And, and you know, church fam, I think what the Lord's trying to say to us is we're going through some days that are not ordinary days. And God is wanting to show us some things. He's wanting to work in our lives. And tonight I just want to challenge you to think about this. As we're walking through these days together, God has brought you to this place. God has brought you to this church family during this time for a reason. Are you taking the opportunity in your family devotions to say to your kids, Hey kids, uh, listen to what God's doing. Uh, look at what God's doing in our church family. Look at what God's doing in our lives. Let's praise Him for it. Let's, let's do something special. Let's, let's, let's mark this in some way. And again, we've got a resource for you we'll have online this week that will maybe help you with I'm not the most creative person in the world, so I, I kind of need to be spurred on with some ideas. But, but there are people who are pretty creative and come up with some good ideas. But you just ask God to show you how you can at least acknowledge what God's doing in, in your life with your kids. Or maybe in your own life. Maybe just take sitting still tonight and just think, you know what, God has been good to me. There have been some turning points. Amen, anybody? There have been some intersections where I was just kind of going through life and God kind of cut me off of the past and praise His name for it. Maybe you just worship Him tonight. Maybe you just kind of in, in your heart, right here just in front of your seat tonight, you just build an altar and say, God spoke to me here tonight. And God, I praise you here tonight. I acknowledge you here tonight. I recognize your work here tonight. And would we also remember that there are people around us watching. There are people around us who need the Lord. And there are some stories in your heart, in your mind, Sometimes we lose our focus, don't we? Maybe we're complaining throughout the day or maybe we're kind of getting, getting, getting off track. But, but maybe God would just speak to you that there are people around you and, and maybe you need to mark some things. Maybe you need to show people that, you know what, we prayed about something and God did it. Let's give Him praise. Tonight, would you let the Lord speak to your heart? As we get ready to move forward together, He's doing some things. Let's notice it and give Him praise for it. Would you bow with me for just a moment? Father, I thank you that you know how we're wired, God, because you wired us. And you know that uh, milestones, critical moments, turning points, whatever we want to call them, Lord, intersections in life where you meet our lives, Lord, and where you do something significant. Lord, you know those things are important for us. And Father, we do need to recognize them. And, and so, Lord, tonight I pray that whatever you want to do in each one of our hearts, that you would just uh, point that out to us, Lord, whether it's teaching someone else or whether it's experiencing something that you want to do in us tonight. 
And Lord, we thank you that we get the opportunity to walk with Almighty God on this earth. And I pray that we would never take that for granted, even though many days are seemingly ordinary days, God, that you are always speaking, you are always working. And God, you're wanting to do something significant, especially in our lives right now. And so help us to be paying attention. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.